<clears throat> Good Wednesday. It's 1.52 Mountain Time. Welcome to what would be the car stream, but now Jim Bob is home on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Hello from Texas. Howdy. Eric wants to debate again. <clears throat> well, um, I don't know if that bored you guys. I know that uh, back and forth like that, even debates, they end up being really taxing, monotonous, repetitive, redundant, boring, not entertaining. And so I try to make it a little entertaining. But sometimes you just have to go back and forth like that to establish the repetition of what the argument is. And so uh, that's necessary. That's necessary. You know. How's the car toaster? It's just parked. It's hanging. Um, from Jersey, longtime follower, first time on the live stream. Wow, then that means we are definitely getting shadow banned. But that's fine. Talk about Jews? No. That's boring. I loved it. It was true. Yeah. Debates, yeah, generally, debates just don't. They're never fruitful. It's like, I don't know one debate where someone of the opposing view switched views. Maybe there's a little seed that gets in there, some cognitive dissonance. Essentially, the best you can hope for is someone has to confront their own cognitive dissonance or confront doubling down on bad ideas or incoherent logic. And they have to sit with that. And then they have to determine at which point they want to uh, confront it because ultimately it's up to them. And um, that's all you can do. So you can't, you can't force it. Um, so that's why debating... I should probably just debate as Ben Shapiro or one of the guys, you know, so. Should you bail on your church because of the mask? No, you should get a bunch of people of the congregation and you should confront the pastor and the administration of the church and overturn it. If it doesn't work, then leave. But you have some power. Right. So uh, people who are doing that uh, are appealing to persuasion, some level of threat, coercion, of course. Um, but because that's true, that means they, that they can reverse it. So that's the good news about uh, people's behavior, that it always comes from some element of, of persuasion. Now, you have a little bit you have the truth on your side, so that's more powerful than coercion. But in the short term, people responding to fear, protection, uh, social ostracization, um, they're going to, in the short term, uh, protect themselves. So you have to get over, get through that. But no, I think you should, like I said, get a bunch of people you know who think it's absurd um, and try to uh, use so the same social um, power, the same social pressure along with um, appeal to uh, the fact that you're in a church and you're covering uh, the image 
of God, <laughs> your face. Um, and don't be mean or anything. Just, you know, give it a shot. Um, I wanted to talk about more science stuff, obviously. Um, I wanted to talk this, this LIGO experiment that comes up. Let me just find it. In the meantime, just check out this, this footage of the LEM descending to the moon. There it is. Let's cut to a side shot. There's the side shot. Okay. There's the side shot. Uh, and back to uh, back to the top shot. Of course, the whatever's filming the side shot's not in the top shot. Okay. Oh, here's something. Math is not science. Okay? Math is not science because 2 plus 2 equals 4 is not an investigation. It's an appeal. It's a presupposition. And so you can't do an experiment that demonstrates 2 plus 2 equals 4 because 2 plus 2 equals 4 only, two equal, um, only equals 4 because you've already presupposed an axiom called 2 equals 2 and not 3 and 2 equals 2 and not 1 and so forth. So math... Uh, it's not a, it's not a science, you know, can you explore truths, theories, you know, theory is, is a, is a proof, um, in science, I mean, in math, yeah, but science is a very specific, uh, methodology. I want to talk about this thing, the LIGO inferometer gravity wave observatory thing here. Let's just get a weird dude to talk about it. LIGO is an acronym for Laser Interferometer oh, Gravitational yeah. Wave Observatory, a unique type of instrument oh. optimized to detect ripples in the fabric of space-time. This is LIGO Ripple. Hanford, located in Washington State. A oh, second yeah. identical observatory resides in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. The LIGO interferometer is the most sensitive measurement Ooh. device ever created. The beam tubes of the interferometer Oops. extend for four kilometers yeah. in two perpendicular directions. Oh. In order for LIGO to function, the entire interferometer is evacuated to a level of one trillionth the density of the breathable atmosphere. Oh, fuck yeah. The cylindrical elements are vacuum chambers. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so I looked into this stuff, and um, people were like, no, we found gravitational waves. I'm like, what's a gravitational wave? A, a disturbance. A disturbance in what? A disturbance in gravity. What's gravity? A force. Okay. So you built a thing that, that, that detects a disturbance in the force? <laughs> no, you didn't. First of all, any given hypothesis theory is crucial gravitational astronomy methods of detection of gravitational waves. First, constructing, look at the middle of the page, constructing models of candidate waveforms. Do you know what this means? This means if I say, oh, Einstein uh, predicted that there's going to be these disturbances in the force. <laughs> disturbance in the force. Um... How, oh, what do you call those? Oh, they're, they're gravitational waves. Okay, so um, so how do we detect one? What's a gravitational wave? 
We don't know. We have to detect one first. Oh, well, how are you going to know what you're looking for then? Well, we're going to design a model candidate wave. All right. We're going to we're going to make a wave. We're going to make a gravitational wave uh, in a model. And then we're going to use this, you know, billion dollar toy to then uh, through a series of mirrors uh, determine that anything, any noise, any noise from the unit, from the ether that we detect that matches that wave, we're going to call that a confirmation of a gravitational wave, a disturbance in space time. Okay. First of all, we see how, how nonsensical that is, right? That's the PCR test, but for gravity, what's the PCR? Well, well, let's, we have to detect uh, virus. Well, what is the isolated? Well, we have a model of an isolated vira, a virus genome. And so we're going to use that model uh, and then we'll measure it up against what we find in the body using um, this process. And so this is essentially the same thing. It's the same trick over and over with these guys. They create a model. Everyone gets horny over the model. And then they create confirmations based on a model they created. So you can't, you can't build a machine that determines what a gravitational uh, wave is unless you know what gravity is and then you know what a wave looks like. You can't just assume uh, your model is identical to a wave and then when, it, when the machine pulls something back in a signal that matches that, that model, that's that's just confirmation bias. It's not science. That's it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Meanwhile, the 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 um, look at the beginning of this video. Listen to what he said. LIGO is an acronym for Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, a unique type of instrument optimized to detect ripples in the fabric of space-time. Ripples in the fabric of space-time. Is that a scientific claim? Is that a scientific established term? Ripples in the fabric of space-time. What's space? I don't know. What's time? Point to it. Grab it. Show me it. Show me space and time. Show me. Oh, no. Show me the fabric. The fabric of space time. So the scientific experiment is let's create a, a wave, a model, a wave that we don't know what it actually is. And uh, because it's a billion years old, we'll just uh, create a model of it because, you know, we know what a wave looks like uh, from a billion uh, years away. And so when we shoot out a laser, we'll just test it against this wave that we created in a machine um, and call it a confirmation of a gravitational wave. It's not other noise. It's not other noise. It can't be anything else. It matches the wave that we created. Okay, so what is that wave? Well, it's it's showing a disturbance in the force. <laughs> I love science. Uh, a disturbance in the, in the force? Yeah, the, the force, the, it's a disturbance, a ripple in the fabric of uh, um, space-time. Can you show me a piece of the fabric in space-time? What's the definition of space and what is it made of? And what's the definition of time and what is it made out of? Time is a conceptual tool. It's not a material claim. Time is immaterial. You can't bend immaterial. 
Yeah, yeah, you can. The ripples. The ripples show the bend. The bend in what? In the force. What force? Space-time. It's all the same. You don't understand, Jim Bob. You just don't understand science. It's bullshit. Let me tell you why this is bullshit. It's really simple. Astronomy, astrophysics, and cosmology can't formulate scientific hypothesis because they lack viable independent variables. Nobody can refute that. Therefore, they can't isolate... Um, my head's in the way. Test. They can't isolate test or validate dependent variables. The dependent variables are the things that you measure, the hypothesis, what's predictable, uh, the change. If you can't isolate, if you can't, if you lack independent variables, then you can't isolate and validate dependent variables. You can't do it. I'm sorry. Astronomy, astrophysics, cosmology, LIGO bullshit. You can't do it. It's not my opinion, okay? It's not my opinion. But, I mean, this stuff is like the appeal, right? Oh, you just don't understand the machine. It's super complex. It's very, it's very precise. No, it's not. There's even a whole group of um, Swedish scientists who were just like, or I don't know what they were, but they were like, you guys, what are you talking about, LIGO? What are you saying? What you're, you're, you're basically, uh, we looked at this and you're basically just assuming it's not noise. There's no way for you to determine not noise from noise, uh, from gravitational waves, whatever the hell that means. Oh, what's a gravitational wave? Well, when two black holes collide a billion years ago, is that observable? Yeah, a gravitational wave is from two billion years ago, and it's because of the black holes that collided. Did you observe black holes colliding and producing gravitational? No, no, no. The, 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 the thing. You know the thing, man. Come on, science, man. Come on, cover your face, man. Come on, man. What is all with these celebrities coming out populist? I think that's because everyone's populist. You don't understand mathematical models, yeah. The mathematical model. What's a, what's a gravitational wave? We don't know what it's going to look like, but we have to create a candidate model. A candidate model. Oh, it's a great candidate. Should we go with this other wave? You know, can we have the design team create a couple of gravitational wave candidate models and we'll pick the, the prettiest one? Let's do that. That's not math. Come on, man. Let's just look at this again. Astronomy, astrophysics, and cosmology can't formulate scientific hypothesis because they lack viable independent variables. Therefore, they can't isolate, test, and validate dependent variables. That's what science requires. Therefore, those are not sciences. That's it. That's it. That's how that goes. Okay? I mean, it's so absurd. They made a video on how absurd it is. 1.3 billion years ago in what a galaxy far, far away, two black holes merged. Did they? 
as they violently spiraled into each other. They created traveling distortions in the fabric of space-time, uh -huh. gravitational waves. In the last tenth of a second, the energy released in these waves was... So, does a gravitational wave exist in space and time? Yeah. Yeah, but it creates a disturbance, a, a, a distortion in space-time? So how do you isolate something that's in its own distortion of space-time? That's relativism. You just be like, it's there, but it's not. It's in time. How do you isolate something in time, in space, if the claim is the very existence of it is in the distortion of time and space? That basically means you could never verify anything within that context ever, including gravitational wave. It's just so stupid. Here's a predictive uh, pattern I see. You know, one girl comes out of Hollywood, says one thing, slaps around a Prager you meme, add that orange, add that blue, add the little yarmulke with the stars, boom, boom, boom. Got ourselves a meme, folks. Got ourselves a meme. This is funny. I don't know if this is in Reddit or whatever. I masturbate to pictures of Ben Shapiro almost every day just because I know he would hate the idea of a male wanking to him. It's actually really difficult because I don't find him sexually attractive in any way, especially just the headshots. But I have done it every day for two years and I found it funny the first time. But it also makes me feel incomplete if I don't get to do it every day. Well, I mean, that's that's something unfortunate. I mean, I, I mean, I mean... That that's something that I don't know whether to be be offended or disgusted or 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 flattered or all three, you know I'm feeling somewhat of 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 of, of all three. I mean in a way, I mean the thing is it's disgusting, but I can't look I can't look away. I mean the the thought of it is disgusting. It's appalling. I mean, the level of of, of reprehensible, you know, is uh, I'm gonna gag. I'm gonna gag. Uh, uh. My tummy, this definitely makes my tummy hurt. My little tummy is hurting uh, just from that. I, I wish you never sent me that. I wish I never seen it. Uh, ugh, ugh, my tummy hurts. My, my little tummy. Ouch. Uh, that is kind of gross and really funny at the same time. I mean, that pretty much is the way to get to Shapiro. Um, interesting about this. Someone told me that this is actually made up and, and fake and it wasn't in NASA's original thing. And But what's funny is now I use it. It's like a win-win anyway, either way because I'll show this to someone and they'll defend it that it's real. And then I'll be like, it's actually fake. Someone made it. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, so it's fake. And I'm like, yeah, but do you see the problem here? You believe something was real when it's fake. And they're like, yeah, but it was fake. I'm like, no, but but you believe that it was real. So you can that means it can be faked. That means it's possible to make a lot of footage that's fake. Yeah, but they couldn't fake it, I mean. Yeah, but they did and you believed it. Yeah, but that was fake. Exactly. Is space all the way fake? I have no idea. I have no idea what's up there. No idea. But for the last 75 years, we've appealed to basically only one very secretive top-down military-run uh, agency that is okay showing simulations of things and calling it real. So <clears throat> I don't know. I just don't know.
I mean, but to wonder, I mean, to wonder about it, I mean, it's perfectly, this is something that's descending at a thousand feet per minute and nothing's changing. No perspective change, you know, nothing changing. And that's what, that's what they do. They, they present simulation. CBS was like, yeah, part of this is simulation. You're like, which part's real? They're like, eh, just got to leave that up to you. Yeah, but which is the simulation? Like, clearly, most of it is, right? Well, I don't know. My granddad worked for NASA. Yeah, I bet he believes every single thing. What's the Russian equivalent to NASA? I don't know the name of their uh, system. I don't know what it is. Why is their current fake footage just as bad 50 years ago? I don't know, because they don't need to do anything. They don't need to do anything about it, okay? It doesn't matter what you show people. I've shown people the most ridiculous crap, stuff that's actually fake. And, I mean, that's all you really need to do is, you know, they couldn't fake it. That's crazy. Look at this stuff. You believe this? Yeah, I mean, that's just sped up. That's kind of what the technology looked like then. No, this is fake. What do you mean it's fake? Someone faked it. It's not NASA's stuff. Oh, yeah, I thought it looked a little... F no, you you thought it was... You just appealed to it. it was real, you know? It's like, yes and no. It's like maybe what is real is what you accept, you know? You know, maybe... Who, who's to say it's not real to someone? You know, what is real to one person is not real to another. Not to say that there isn't ultimately something that is real and not real. But if the brain is in the way, and the simulation that they're, that they're interacting with is very real to them, then how are you going to um, subvert that? How are you going to conquer that? You're not. That's not going to happen. Don Pettit is somehow real. Why don't they have black... Astronauts? I don't know. Oh, what she say? Massa? That's funny. It's just absurd at this point. Can science measure climate change? Uh, n no. Ultimately, you can't really do a scientific um, hypothesis of climate change because that, like evolution and many other pseudosciences, um, require a time machine to understand. Because if your claim is climate change happens over the course of X years and our uh, our activity in impacts it this much, you would need access to... to thousands millions of years uh allegedly you would need all of that to be able to actually compare so um you know that that science there's no such thing as climate science if climate change is always happening um you can't possibly do a scientific experiment that abides by the constituents with dependent independent and controlled variables because the time 
that you have to do the the uh, research, the control, the uh, controlled variable is so long um, that you can't possibly do it. And then add in the other variables that are that are said to have, have impact on it. You couldn't possibly do that either. It's unfalsifiable completely, and um, and uh, no matter what's going on, they'll have an answer for it. That's pseudoscience. That's why you can't really argue with that. All you can do is appeal to what real scientific methodology is and show where all of that garbage is not based in real scientific methodology. Uh, because in the end, you're appealing to long periods of time where climate increases on average and decreases on average and um, where the causes um, are different and they produce the same result. Climate science is all based on modeling. And modeling is in science. Modeling is not science. Because science is the natural world. Observing a natural phenomenon in the natural world. Doing a hypothesis. And then doing experimentation in the natural world. Because that's what you're studying. The natural world. Modeling is not the natural world. So if you, if you put all your experimentation into a virtual world. Then you're actually not studying the natural world. You're studying a toaster. Because it's man-made. A model is man-made. A computer is man-made. If the purpose of science is to study the natural world phenomena and um, cause and effect um, by uh, discovering and testing new variables, then um, the whole point is to, to, to explore and discover new variables and causes and effects that you didn't no existed because you're experimenting in real world. If you put it all in a model, you basically close the system and it's totally protected from unknown variables. It literally puts science, the method, in a closed sim, like the Sims game. It only permits what's input. It only permits what you allow to uh, simulate. And that's a simulation, you know? That's like some ideal accurate uh, sterile version of how uh, the world works and yet you're assuming that you've got all the variables covered which isn't true if you if you're truly uh, behind science you don't know that's what discovery is you're like oh as it turns out that's not the cause there was this unknown variable that we picked up on because of experiment showed us a whole new world a whole new world a new fantastic point of view Oh, I wanted to talk about this. Everyone's uh, Coca-Cola, less white shit. You know, like everyone's question, like why are these companies so behind this weird uh, saturation, unraveling of cultural identities? Um, you're like why? You know, all your customers are white, technically, skin. You want to just, you want to just, you know, ostracize them. And they won't buy from you anymore. You're like, you're not interacting with companies who are interested anymore with bottom line because we're going into a new era 
where money really is no longer the currency. The currency becomes like, um, obviously compliance is the, the ultimate logical end uh, for the commoner, but for the ruling class, the corporatists, the technocrats, the oligarchs, whatever you want to call these, uh, these hunched over creeps, um, their, their game is, is turning all people into consumers, um, atomized, atomized so that, so that everything is standardized. Now, why would a, why would a large conglomerate like Amazon, Coca-Cola, uh, Disney be totally fine with diluting completely all cultures, all identities, all ethnic uh, heritage. Because uh, when you do that and turn everyone into debt consumers, maybe via crypto, uh, some sort of social exchange currency, um, then you need providers. If all standardized syst- if all systems are standard- standardized, all supply chains are standardized, then the conglomerates are the suppliers. They become the state. They become paired, they are the arm of the state. They become NASA for supply. They become the, the agency of provisions. And so a lot of these companies are, are fighting for and positioning themselves for a, the exclusive provider of X city, the exclusive provider of X um, product service. And so that's why marketing, appealing to the market, what's, let's say our demographics. If you, if you dilute all demographics, all isolated points of interest in people, you know, uh, I'm a conservative, I'm religious, this appeals to me. That's basically, there's this race to, to surpass that thinking because uh, once the internet of everything sinks its claws into the into these places geographically regionally city uh city starting at the cities you don't need you don't need to fight for market share you don't need to fight uh for uh, you know advertising get to your person that you need to buy because if everything's standardized standardized and delivered in exchange for participation in the system aka your data your behavior, your biometrics, your mental thinking, your searches. Uh, you are the engine and the, you're the consumer and the product at the same time. And so they no longer need to fight for the bottom line. And how do we get to this last section of this market? Well, let's think of something that appeals to the, you know, uh, you know, mathematically looking at it, why would Ford, Mercedes, Nike, Coca-Cola appeal to trans movement? what 0.0002% of all people that's not that's not in the board meaning of these the capitalist mindset no that's why you know it's no longer money it's it's uh, positioning for basically exclusive exclusivity to to uh providing or owning the supply chain and uh you know, and our normal consumption behavior plays right into it because we want things faster. We want things cheaper. We don't want to cut our, I don't want to cut my hand. I don't want fish on my hand. That's why Brett goes fishing for me. Now, I don't really understand what your, what your argument is the, with this technocracy. I mean, we have a free market. If you don't like the conglomerates, you know, you start a company, you start your own monopoly. If you don't like monopoly, start your own monopoly. 
uh, that, but, 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 but to think that, you know, you're going to force me to go fishing and gut a fish. I, uh, am I going to gut a fish? I, uh, I'm definitely not, you know, the fish guts. Uh, you know, I don't like to get my hands wet. I mean, even in the most intimate moments, if I get my hands wet, it's just like, uh, uh, my tummy hurts. I mean, my tummy starts hurting almost immediately at the thought, let alone actually doing it. I mean, I prefer dry. I, I prefer dry, not human, human areas. I mean, you know, that's why I was thinking of Texas. I mean, Nashville is okay. It's a little more humid there. But but generally speaking, no, anything anything moist or slimy on my hands, it, on my tummy. My tummy hurts. Do people accept the world which they are presented like the Truman Show? Um, yeah. I mean, how it's presented, yeah. Um, yeah, I think everyone's vulnerable to that. There's like a narrative-based competition, you know, controlling the narrative. You know, I saw another Prager you mean that said, uh, you know, the left doesn't care about truth. They care about narrative. Why the Jews? Um, Yeah, like as if Prager you is concerned about truth and not narrative. Get out of here. Everyone's fighting for narrative, and not all narrative is coherent, and not all narrative is incoherent, and and there is narrative that parallels perfectly fine with the, with the truth. But generally, if you provide someone a narrative, then, um, you know, like the whole space thing, that's narrative-based. It's, it's uh, a symbol, a symbol of accomplishment of what's possible. So when you tap into people's natural urge to want the greatest achievement for mankind, heaven on earth, it taps into their spiritual hunger um, that places um, immaterial concepts, morality, goodness, winning, this, this like kind of concept of what a, being a human is. If they're, if they're presented a narrative that can ground that in a reality here and now, uh, they're vulnerable to it. That's the worship of man. They get sold. That's that's the that's the devil's uh, leverage. That's his little chocolate, his favorite, his best tasting chocolate in the shop, um, because it's very tempting to go. Oh, we do have access to all things. Yes, the natural man does have access to things of the spirit. It's just at the. It's in the rocket ship. You know, we did it. We win. You know, who needs who needs who needs God when you can have a little guy in a spacesuit, you know, up there. Kick him out, put the little guy in the spacesuit. We're in the heavens now, bitch. But no, no, you're not. You're not in the heavens. Even if you could get out there, which you can't, uh you're not doing anything. You're just mimicking. Just pretending. None of it, none of it 
can touch the immaterial absolute. Can't do it. Reddit is down. If the country were to reveal that space is fake and gay, which one do you think it would be? Uh, f- both? What do you mean? Um, I, they would never do it. It doesn't matter what you reveal to people. If they, if they accept a narrative, it doesn't matter what you add to it. Like, uh, it doesn't matter if you remove it because the veil is there. It's almost like the veil's created in the material. I show you X, you believe it. But once it's shown and you buy it, it doesn't matter if the physical veil is removed and you go, guess what? This is fake because the spiritual veil is already sealed. It's almost like you're getting a face transplant, you know, there's like, you know, like they, that alien sucker, right? Or that twilight zone. You ever see the twilight zone where uh, the people are all wearing masks? I showed a video of it once or twice. And, um, you know, they're wearing masks and then the final guy dies and they go, well, finally, it's over. And uh, they all peel off their masks because they're relieved now that all this nonsense is over. It's so parallel to what's going on today. And uh, and they pull off their masks and they're, they're oh, by the way, their masks are all these like ugly faces. They're all distorted and weird. And they pull off their mask and the their face has conformed to the mask and they're still ugly. They still became the monster, even though they were putting their masks on. And uh, it's so appropriate. It's not only a, it's not only parallel to today, because people wear wear the masks and they turn each other into the monsters, the scary ones, protecting ourselves from each other, you know. And um, you know, you're fighting fighting evil, personified evil in the form of a, a French tickler emoji. And uh, the irony is that if you accept it for so long, by the time everything's over, right, which is never over, and we're back to normal, you take the mask off, and spiritually, you've already been demoralized, even if you don't have a mask on, because you've accepted the premise, the narrative, that out there, they're monsters. You're a threat to me. You become the monster because you accepted the veil and the mask. You covered your face. And, uh, and so the, the, the irony is you are the mask even without a mask. And, and it's true either way because there are people who are maskless running around who are still in fear, still wearing a mask of fear. You know, the, the ones who are trying to, um, you know, scapegoat, they're trying to win the material, uh, game um they turning they're turning other people into the enemy same mask you just don't have a mask on it's a spiritual mask it's a mask of fear you know you're not using uh joy connection you're not your contagion isn't laughter it's more fear and you're not wearing a mask it, and then it doesn't matter if you're running around without a mask and you're still running off of fear of the of the mask of the looming technocratic overlords you're still wearing a mask, basically.
Would I be interested in participating in any live debates? Probably not. I'd only debate Jordan Peterson as Jordan Peterson. And I'd only debate Ben Shapiro as Ben Shapiro. And I'd only debate Dildo Dawkins as Dildo Dawkins. And so most likely none of that is going to happen. Ben, does mommy or doctor wife rub the tummy ache? Well, I mean, it depends who's home, you know, so. So, I mean, even even if Brett's around, you know, I don't like to touch my own tummy. You know, just touching my own tummy, it's like, Yeah, so whoever's around, I, I generally don't like to be touched at all. I mean, it's like, it's like it sends this overwhelming signal to my brain, and I'm trying to, I have some, some uh, medication for it, the doctor said, you know, my, my wife said, Maybe I have some PSD, PTSD or something like that, but any kind of touch, any kind of affection, any kind of joy or laughter sends me uh, into a depression and it makes me feel icky and my tummy hurts. And so, so I try to stay away from touching, uh, hugging, uh, shaking hands, anything that, that is a human-human connection unless there's a sheet between uh, us, you know, and, and that, that's, that's a very rare occasion. So <laughs> that's all, folks. Is anyone aware that the Federal Reserve crashed yesterday? <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, was the Federal Reserve ever uh, legitimately up and running? It's literally a castle made of sand. When castle made of sand fall in the sea, eventually... Uh, Federal Reserve was always crashed. It's literally doesn't have anything backing it it's made up nothing there's there's nothing about it that wasn't crashed before it crashed it's just nothing it's just fake i saw that it's back up yeah exactly it's almost like they're a little test it's like does anyone care you guys does anyone care oh we crashed you guys anybody okay we're back up Back up and running, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know we freaked you out. Don't worry. We can print more money and sell it to your governments, and they can charge you and sell it to the banks, and then the banks charge you. And then you're holding a dollar that's uh, worth less than what you owe on it. it. Don't worry. We're back up and running, folks. Don't worry. Federal Reserve is testing probably that it can crash because if it does, if it fulfills on its Banking for All Act, which they're trying to slip through without anyone talking about, uh, if it if it passes its Banking for All Act, then it's it might be the first massive um, private monetary enterprise that uh, that gets the digital wallet going and gets people on it from birth. So, I mean, I'm not, I won't be surprised if they uh, merge the Social Security birth certificate with a digital wallet in the next five years. That's my prediction. But again, I only bat 333. Just the tip banking. What's the point of fake exploration going to the moon? I don't know. 
stealing money, uh, using using the military branch of um, NASA to aggregate funds, build rockets, and waste a lot of money, and then just send it back to the military. I don't know, establish uh, media relations, uh, develop media deception tools, uh, develop green screen perfection, where you can transplant anybody in any scenario, in any given time, and fake it and have people believe it. Um, I mean, why does the government steal money? Does the steal does do government agencies waste and steal money and hide behind something that's fraudulent? Does that ever happen? Yes. Does it happen more than not? Absolutely. Is there was there a government program that studied cigarette smoking in Russia for a uh, couple hundred thousand dollars? Yes. Did they use seven hundred thousand dollars to study the phrase? Uh, Neil Armstrong said, small step for man, giant step for mankind. Yes, they spent that much money studying the phrase. Do you understand how these things work? You take money, you get funding, you build some fun, cool project tools. You you uh, build out your media complex and your ability to master uh, uh communication technology you mat you try to master the green screen technology and all of that that comes with it is that now going to be the norm for a lot of things yeah i mean nasa is a media company what's the point in fake exploration what okay the the inverse of that is what's the point in exploration and if you start arguing for the that exploration is important, then we should see all of the moves that NASA has done since 1969 consistent with exploration. Why would you? Ex why would we not have a massive, a, a massive enough uh, base on the moon, an observatory, uh, a pit stop station to doing other explore explorative journeys? Uh, well, you don't want to go back. To, why isn't there? Why isn't there multiple cameras on the moon facing in all directions, uh, observing Earth's behavior and other th other things you can do from that vantage point? If the if the question if the answer to the question what's the point in exploration itself into space has any rational answer, then the absence of those things on the moon is irrational, irrational, unreasonable, and absurd. You can't have both. You can't have, we, we just care about space exploration and then not have all of these things. 1969. If the first heart transplant happened in 1969, I don't know when it happened. Let's just swap moon, heart. And we got to 2021 and we asked, why, why, can't, we, why can't we send a man back to the moon? Well... We don't have that technology because we just we don't have that technology now because we destroyed it. It's too difficult to build back up. That's the answer from NASA, the head of NASA. Was that reasonable? We don't do heart transplants because we uh, we don't have that tech. We destroyed the technology and we just it's too difficult to build back up. And then you're like, well, why would we go? Why would we privatize missions to the moon? You know, if you go in 1969 and you look at the development of all other technology, why wouldn't that be privatized, mastered, and uh, literally 
get to a point where it's like five grand a ticket, 10 grand, 20 grand a ticket, 50 grand a ticket. So just go, you know, just go, go around. You don't even land. You just go around. But yeah, but they, but they went, right? And they landed and then they called the president. Okay, get this part. Here's the moon. Here's the space command module, you know. The LEM breaks off. Space command module circles the moon. The moon is said to be to be uh, six thousand something miles circumference. the The space module is going two thousand miles per hour. That's um, one rotation every three hours. Um, they're up there for seven hours or twenty one hours. That's seven rotations. The LEM takes off. Okay, tell me this. Without practice, without ever practicing it before. How does the LEM take off from the moon and reconvene with a, a, a central command module that's going 2,000 miles per hour orbiting the moon, having never done it before? How did they do that the first time? Nailed it. Anyone who believes that is either dumb brainwashed or just simply not thinking or all three. Oh, they just did it. It was a first time thing. I mean, they nailed it. 2000 miles an hour around the moon. Lem takes off all slowly and with their little jets, their little lamp lampshade jets. And then, and then it connected. It somehow like went up. Okay. What's the power thrust of, of a Lem? You're going to catch up to the central command that's orbiting at 2,000 miles an hour, having never tried it before, ever. Nails it first time. Then we ran out of gas, guys. What do we do? Well, we could just hitch the, hitch the gravitational force of the moon back. That works. That seems to work, you guys. Yeah, but Jim Bob, you don't understand. They, they put that in the modeling. It was in the math. It was in the math, you guys. It, they show, they prove that you can do that through math. And and um, theory is the same as practice. Yeah, if you theoretically prove something with math, that means in practice it just works. You know, so they hitched a ride back from the moon's gravitational force. You know, don't you see waves, Jim Bob? And it just, it just, you know, it just, tr you know, they knew exactly where that force begins and doesn't begin. So like there's like a moment where they enter that force and they're just shot back to earth. They don't, they did it. They used a microscope to tell you where that was. They just jumped on board, you know, just shot them back. People just accept this shit wholesale. It's just, it's so absurd. It's probably why it works. Cause it's so absurd that once you get talking about it, you sound silly because you're reciting things that are absolutely upside down and absurd. Yeah, we just launched back and just hitched a ride with the moon, the invisible force, and it just sent us back to the ocean. Well, it's absurd. You fundamentally don't get physics, bro? Yeah, I've never heard that before. You don't get physics, bro. That's the, that's not how it works. You don't get physics. And because I can tell you you fundamentally don't get physics, bro, that means everything you said obviously isn't isn't uh 
a good point of contention, bro. So stupid. How many people would be involved? It's not. It's easy, okay? Do you know the real product of NASA? It's the guidance system. They even brag about it. The guidance system, you don't want, you don't want to, okay, just watch this guy and then just multiply it. Multiply this guy by 100. It doesn't matter how many because if you can get this one guy to react this way to a screen, you can get 100 people in a room to react to a screen. And I haven't heard an argument that that's not possible. Is he looking touchdown. at space? We got touchdown. We got touchdown. We got touchdown. Look at that. Oh, look at the screen. Oh, oh my God. Is this office real? Wait, I heard voices. Look at him. Okay, look at that guy. He's interacting with a guidance system, data, that's telling him, now you may release emotional pent-up aggression. Fill a room with people looking at the same screen. They, they're, not, they're not a part of something physical at all, dude. Nothing. I like your other content, but this is smooth brain. You're not saying anything, dude. You're not saying a single thing. It's just all insult. You're not responding to a single thing I said. You're not referencing anything specific I said. You're the smooth brain, dude. You're the smooth brain who has nothing to say. And you're, you're evident of it. It's self-evident. You can't come up with a single thing that references anything I said. All you got is insult, and that's it. That's how you do it. That's how you convince everybody of anything. It's compartmentalization. It's proven to work. How do you convince a bunch of people to work on the Manhattan Project? You compartmentalize them. I know a guy uh, who worked at a coffee shop as a side job who worked in a tiny space as a chemical engineer for Lockheed Martin. He didn't know what he was making. Do you think if he would, you think he needs to know that he's making maybe a chemical weapon or even like on the good side, a uh, response to a chemical weapon, he would know? Not at all. Um, he wouldn't. Not at all. People don't need to know what's going on to be a part of something that's deceptive. That's the fundamental fallacy, right? People don't need to know they're a part of deception to be a part of deception. It's just, it's just logic. It's just logic. But you'll get it, dude. You know, one, at some point that guy will start thinking, you know, I like your other memes, but this is the smooth brain. Where did I learn smooth brain? Did someone teach me how to use the word smooth brain? Yeah, the screen taught me smooth brain. And now I go out and use smooth brain because it makes me feel like I've, I've got crinkle brain, which is obviously the opposite of smooth brain because smooth brain is stupid and crinkle brain is good. Uh, people tell me what to do. <laughs> 
So stupid. It's fine. People just don't think. Treatment room and ferial? Yeah, she's banned. Is your headboard and bed set from free? I think so, actually. Megan's mother is a rep, I think, at all of those places. Yeah, these people who come with the insult, the smooth brain, I like you, this and that, you did some funny stuff, but this is just, eh. They're dealing with their own issues. It's not my issue. It's not your guys' issue. It's them needing to protect a sacred cow that makes them feel very uncomfortable because, and this is an assumption, I can't prove it, is that their direct social environment is so is so strict on what the range of discourse is and what's acceptable as far as uh, truth that they physically are having a disgusting reaction to this. Like, they can't help it. It's literally fight or flight. It's like they need to protect their identity and their very uh, ability to exist in their job, in their social environment, in their family. They can't interact with this rationally because it's a shield. They cannot be vulnerable. And it actually, from that perspective, I'm actually compassionate because it's the same thing with like the Karunka stuff. It's like people respond consistent with how the world occurs to them. From that Taylor dude, the world occurs to him as if this inquiry and this level of critique about NASA is so beyond acceptable in his direct environment that he has to respond as if there's an invader, literally, like an invader, like right out the door, you know, with guns, like going to get you. And I can understand that. It's I, I understand it. I had the same thing. I was the same guy. So I have some com- compassion. You're still an idiot, but I was an idiot. And a lot of people were idiots, but you're still an idiot. We've all been there. There's very few people who find out the truth about deception and then go back to believing it. Very few, if not none. If anything, they just like shut it off. They're like, I can't, I'm not going to deal with this. You know, why is that? Why is that the case? That once you see you've been fooled, that you can't unsee it and go back. It's not a matter of like a way of looking at something. It's, it, it means that something is so fundamentally crushed and it was so powerful that crushing it uh, removes more fog from your eyes so you see things clearer. It's deception and you just don't interact with it. What does it matter? We're all going to die anyhow. Well, if you're a nihilist, it does matter because the truth matters. Just because you're, you're going to die doesn't mean you don't fight for what's good and true and fight against and call out deception where you see it. It's painful. You have to reevaluate your entire existence. Exactly. Exactly. Custom Taylor, you know, you don't understand physics. Okay. I under, I understand. I understand, uh, that this thing's descending at a thousand uh, feet per minute and nothing's changing. There's no perspective change. Huh? Have you read Basic Economics? Yeah. 
with uh, Soul. Most of Soul's books I've I've read or listened to. He's probably so he just looks at everything now. He's just like I can't. He used to be really passionate and get into fights and stuff, but he's just like, oh man, this is too much. That's <laughs> too much. That's not the end of the discussion, but it's a good place to start. Well, you don't you don't really know anything, apparently. Like you're not the one who's the arbiter of what is what here. Like the person who appeals to ad hominem, stupid tropes, you know, like just baseline, low tier, low frequency, you know, insults, and then appeals to authority and doesn't address anything being said, is the one who's still in the shell. You know, you got to break out of the shell a little bit. You're, no one's going to hurt you. You'll be judged if you start exploring it and talking too fast to other people, obviously, because someone, the what what you're doing to me, you think will happen to you. So in a way, you're, you're right. If you start questioning things, even as an inquiry, not fun, like fun, like hmm, maybe let's look at this a different way here. You think you're going to get attacked the same way you're attacking me. So it makes sense that you're doing what you're doing. You could make more credible arguments if you're demonstrated that some competency, that doesn't, it's still, you're still saying the same shit, nothing. Competency in what? Basic observation? Basic rational thinking? Competency in what? Are you going to tell me how... How the Lem flew up with its little rockets and caught up to a just rotating central command module that's going 2,000 miles per hour and it just reconnects? Are you going to tell me how that works? All you can say is, I don't know how it works and neither do you, but NASA does. I'm sorry. The evidence for that claim is lacking. And... If you say the evidence isn't lacking, then I don't know what to say. There's no evidence that that's possible. And where did they practice? How do you practice doing that? How do you practice orbiting a moon, landing for 21 hours, shooting off back into, into said atmospheric space, and uh, reconvening with a 2,000-mile-an-hour with central command perfectly? How do you do it? How do you practice that? Are you saying they practiced it or not? And if so, did they practice it in a in a computer? In theory, there's no difference between practice and theory. In practice, there is. That's statistically impossible. No. Wait, do you believe the earth is flat? Okay, I don't have to ban that. I'm banning that. I hate that. I It's the dumbest response ever. Wait, NASA, NASA might be lying. Do you think the Earth is flat? Did that mean to... Wait, wait, wait. You don't like... Oh, so oh, you think McDonald's is gross. Did that mean you only eat cucumbers? Did that mean you only eat cucumbers? Did that mean that you don't... Uh, do you have a dog? Do you have a do Did that mean you hate birds? 
Did that make your head burn? Ugh. Did, did you? Oh, you have a ukulele? You have a ukulele? Then you don't like the flute. You're anti-fluter. You're whack, bud. Okay. Another smarty pants in the room. You're whack, bud. That guy definitely doesn't have a birdhouse. That's just such dumb thinking. I mean, it's also not his fault a little bit, the guy I just banned, because we've been funneled into these binaries. We've been funneled into if that, then this extreme. If this, then that extreme. Oh, you're criticizing Bernie Sanders? You must suck Trump's balls. No. Oh, this? X. That means X. No. That's a lack, it's an indication of lack of rational thinking. It's this super hyper uh, reductive um, response. It's weird. It's almost like it might be programmed. Like I might, I might consider that it's like actually programming to just be like one thing flashed. It must not be that. It's the opposite thing, and it can only be the two. There's no in between. You can't talk, talk about one topic without it assuming that you're making a massive claim about an entirely separate topic. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it blamed Disney pretty much. It's called a hopover. Is that it? Yeah, whatever that is, it's a hopover. That's what's going on. I mean, what is, what is Taylor... I wonder if Custom Taylor has to think about this. I bet he thinks astronomy and astrophysics and cosmology is a science. Nuance is a NASA construct. He got reported for threatening to treat women fairly. Went from flying in 1909, 60 years later, later went to the moon. Where are the exponential growth at? Yeah. I mean, the only reasonable thing to say if you actually believe in NASA and what they claim to accomplish is that, is that they accomplished something and it was beyond reason and they hitched a ride on the moon. And, um, and they had to hide their their tech and their knowledge and their intel and so they had to fabricate something that that created a diversion that's a hundred years long in the making um that would be more believable to me that like that the whole thing is uh, about covering up what is what we're capable of 
you know, and the same, I believe the same thing with Einstein. I think a lot of that stuff is to cover up um, the truth of, uh, of the physical reality, the truth of the potential in, uh, you know, electric fields, field theory, you know, the three mod- uh, modalities of fields, um, magnetism, and how, how there's energy there. There's untapped energy, and we know that. If you look at a magnet and you look at the difference between the centrifugal mag- uh, magnetism and centripetal, basically if you spin like a, you know, what is it called? It's not a dreidel. It's uh, not a compass. It's one of those other things. There's these giant magnets that show that if you spin it and you put it in the middle, it'll stay spinning and propel. And then if you move it to the edge, it'll slow down. And so there's actually these fields that are actually can impact immaterially, impact physical matter and can generate spin and to decrease spin. I mean, that alone means something much more is possible here. And just as that stuff was getting discovered, fuzzy brain crack pipe, uh, crackpot comes out of the, of the woods and f- makes everyone focus on uh, reification of space-time curves, curvature and bending and uh, gravity, which is still not a thing. It's insane. And you're like, oh, you're, too, you're thinking too far. No. Are you, you really think there's not powerful forces and entities, not force like immaterial, like, like people, like NGOs, like government uh, that don't sequester and, uh, and hide um, and omit other sources of energy? Of course they do. Bend my space time. It bends, space time bends. What's space? I don't know. Absence of something. What's time? I don't where. I don't know. How do you bend two things that are immaterial concepts? It just happens, man. The waves. <laughs> the waves did it. The disturbance. The disturb. They tell these people there's a disturbance in the force. They're literally trolling them. They're, they're just basically saying you're so dumb and so programmed by entertainment that if we say there's a disturbance in the force of, and the bending of space-time, you just like, fuck yeah, dude. I love that stuff. I love it. They knew They figured it out. You can't bend the absence of something. Space, you can't bend the shadow. You can't bend a concept called time that we just use as a reference point for observing the natural world. Fabric. The fabric. Let me know where you can buy your jewelry. Love to support. Thank you. Um, I don't have like a store for jewelry. I only do custom and... um, I mean, I start at a pretty high price because I, I don't have much time and I'm really good at it. So you could DM me. I mean, not to be a dick. It's just that um, I just don't have like a store. Like I don't like sell like things. People will be like, can you make 
in the like engagement ring or something crazy. And so, um, yeah, if you really want something, absolutely. Uh, do, how do you see a society progressing when everyone is afraid uh, of anything against an Arab? Actually, progress in the sense that uh, toward truth, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better, but worse for those those people who uh, accept efficiency. If people choose efficiency and their appetites and material convenience over truth, they're pretty much heading to where Ted Kaczynski said people were heading. They're they're heading toward being stateless components, cogs in a in a machine that serves the um, you know, the workability of of its mechanics. You know, and so that truth has nothing to do with efficiency um, unless we're talking about just engineering. But as far as, far as people's behavior, the, the truth is it doesn't matter. What matters to people who build these models of efficiency and uh, utility, they need you to behave a certain way to be a part of the system. And so I see the future of that going uh to a, uh, an economy where compliance is the currency and, and dissent is theft. And uh, we already see that. And, um, and in a way, <clears throat> on a really deep, broad scale, it's always been that way. But now it can really express itself in the physical form because the technology is there. The technology is there to offer the carrot to people, to have their convenience and safety be a priority over their the things they value immaterially family love connection agency over their bodies um and this whole vaccine stuff people are like ah oh, it's a you know population control this and this and this and i started thinking about it and i'm like what's the what is what are they messing with they're messing with genetic modification and the the vaccine doesn't genetically modify your um, it doesn't modify directly your DNA, but if we look at the, the technology and look at it from the standpoint of where it came from, which is food, um, what did they do with food? They tried, they tried to patent food itself, the natural, uh, occurring foods. They said they can't do that. So they manipulated the foods with genetic modification and they we're able to create patents on the modified version. So not that we're close to it, but if hypothetically we get to a point where our own bodies and our own DNA and the behaviors within our DNA can be modified, then necessarily they're owned by those who modify them if we follow the same model as food. If someone owns your DNA, if someone owns an image, you don't have the right to reproduce that image. Reproduce that image. If someone owns your DNA, you don't have the right to reproduce your image. You don't have the right to reproduce your image. I think that's the ultimate population control. It's not mass death, starvation, all these like really brutal comic book based ones. It's systematic uh, proprietary and legal 
It's not all the things you think from the movies. It's legal. It requires consent. It requires an economy to support its behavior. And it'll always be that way. And uh, nothing really happens the way you see it in the movies and in history books. Happens slowly, economically, pragmatically. And uh, ultimately, it's left to the people to go, yeah, I will take the carrot. Please give me my cool loft and deliver me my cookies. And I will give you the rights to my DNA. Sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, Someone sent me something about DNA, by the way, that I thought was pretty moving and awesome. So if you look at DNA... Deoxy ribonucleic acid. Um, and you know, I don't really get too far into this, like, you know, um, the meanings of words and how they parallel, but it's kind of just cool, this one, because Deo, deoxy, D-E-O, is Latin for God. And uh, ribo is of three. And also the word rib, the alliteration is in there, rib, which I thought is kind of funny. Not too... Uh, profound. It's kind of more like, oh, that, that's kind of interesting. Nucleic uh, nucleus is the center, the center of everything. Uh, acid, this one's a, more of a stretch, is uh, basically liquid fire. But anyway, aside from that kind of like, you know, wordplay, this means that, oh, it's so crazy. That's just kind of like cute. But the real uh, profound part about DNA is that it's a language. It's a language. It's pragmatic. It gives instructions. There's information there. There's not just symbols. The information, information is immaterial. Um, it requires uh, a coder, an encoder, and a decoder. So information is not information unless the coder who's sending the signal, there's a way to decode it. And then there, oh, uh, encoder, there's a, a, a mechanism that transports the what the representation of the information is. And then a decoder, there's another party on the other side that, de- that understands it. So that happens in our bodies. Um, and it's unjustified on a natural worldview. And so what's crazy about DNA is that in the beginning, there was, there was, there was the word. And the word was with God. And the word became flesh. That's the first. That's the first thing ever. Now, say what you will, you know, I've got a lot of different, you know, people who follow me, a lot of different faiths, atheists, materialists, whatnot. But just listen. The word became flesh, literally. Language didn't just be, you know, language became flesh. The actual uh, language, like an actual language, like literally a, a language. Not like figuratively, like actual word language became the identical to flesh. DNA is language. DNA is our fle- is our flesh and blood. Is the what the, com- the literally the composition of all of it is word. It's crazy, but it's not. Makes total sense, right? Taylor, Taylor, Taylor.
is Mars racist? <laughs> I don't know what I don't even know what Mars is. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to save up money for a telescope. Wouldn't it be fun if we all got really high-powered telescopes? Poor Taylor. Anyway, that's really interesting. That that's it's unjustifiable. You know why? Because back to the information thing, is that information itself is not is not material, and it's like nobody, no atheist, no materialist can justify it. The meaning of things is not identical to the encoder. It's not identical. Like if you write something on a, on a paper and pen, you go, "Oh, look, that's information." And you're like, "No, it's not." That's ink and fibers of wood and a pen. You're like, well, no, no, it means something. They it re No, it's, there's nothing on that paper um, in the material that's equal to information. And I don't think people quite think about this um, enough because when you really sit with that, just that one thing, you understand what's required for that to exist is totally outside the realm of natural, rational, scientific methodology. It can't be. It's not something the empiricist can answer because the empiricist relies on that to be the case. It relies on empiricist, the scientific method requires immaterial things like that to exist before you can even pursue pursue truth and and I think it's the lack of philosophy and logic in our upbringing that and even in even in religious contexts if my parents my churches paid any attention to logos philosophy logic reasoning as the tool in which we interact with the word with um we'd be a lot more connected to it you know, and it makes sense. Any given field of study, if you have logic and philosophy, you know, baked in and you understand it and you practice it, you're going to be better at discerning truth, uh, understanding what it, what, what's being said. Um, and that's kind of lost. I think, um, whether there's someone behind removing logic and philosophy, um, you know, even even information, like learning information, like the study of it. I don't know if what that's called. Does anyone know what that what's what that's called? The study of information. Atheists can be turned. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. In many cases, becoming atheist was a turn, and that's it's just like the, you know. It's just like the guy in the beginning about the church. It's like, you know, people are turned, so they can be turned. So that's good. Data analytics. I don't know. Is it infographics? I actually don't know. Dialectics could be. Study of information. I forgot what it's called. I'm not sure if it's any of those things, but it's pretty cool. Epistemology is the study of knowledge. Anyway, 
I gotta wrap this up. I've got some paintings to do. Uh, it's a fun stream. And, uh, yeah. Sit with that thought, you guys. Really, I invite you to think about the information thing. And the DNA thing, obviously. Because that blows my mind. People are like, oh, you're looking at it too deep. I'm like, no, I'm not actually. I'm looking at it literally. I'm referencing something that you don't agree with. But even without the scripture part, the word became flesh. Let's just remove that if you want. I'm not because it's awesome. But just the fact that pragmatic established information, which is immaterial, materialized, not even materialized, it's encoded in, in material that doesn't, that doesn't write its own uh, meaning. It's nuts. Anyway, uh, be good. Make your day good. Um, work on your reps, whether it's the ukulele. Hey, you don't like the flute? Um, work on your reps. You know what I mean? Study of information is called informatics. There you go. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into informatics. I feel like there's a whole other world for me to explore. <clears throat> Looks treat women fairly report. I already blocked her, him, it, they, Zizizer. Zizizer, Zizizer. Uh, that's it. That's all I got, you guys. You guys have a good day.